Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Impact Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm Pastor Brandon, the church planter and lead pastor. We are a new church in the D.C. area that is centered on the gospel and sent to our neighborhoods, Northern Virginia, and the nations. Please visit our website at www.impactfxbg.church. There, you'll find our current meeting times and locations. Our prayer is that you are encouraged by the message you hear today and fall more in love with Jesus and others. Thanks for listening. If you guys have a Bible, go ahead and grab that. And uh, we are going to spend some time in God's Word this morning. Um, and so we're going to do things a little bit a uh, little bit different. We are finishing up our uh, series, sermon series, uh, this week called Sin to Me, What on Earth is Missions? Um, just over the last few weeks, guys, we've been talking as a church about what missions is because um, I don't know about you, but if you grow up in church, then you tend to get lots of different definitions or ideas of what missions is. And everybody brings their own baggage when it comes to missions. Like, oh, I don't want to go. The church is talking about missions. They're just going to make me feel bad for not moving to, you know, fill in the blank whatever country. And um, so we all have like these preconceived notions. If you're not a Christian or a follower of Jesus, you're just checking things out. You're like, oh, missions, great. This is where they are. they're honest about their conversion therapy techniques. And, you know, all these things where they're trying to twist people's arms and proselytize and, and convert. And, um, and guys, what we learn is when we open up God's Word, really none of those things are true. Like, we don't really see any of those things in God's Word. And so what we've tried to do over the last few weeks is not to just say the word missions and assume everybody's on the same page, because we probably are not. We all bring our own preconceived notions, experiences, and ideas. So what we wanted to do is just open up the Bible, because we're a new church, so we don't have traditions. We don't have things the, the way we've always done them. Like, we don't have any of that. So we get a unique opportunity to open up the Bible and say, I don't know, let's try to just do what the Bible says to do. And, uh, and so that's what we're trying to do when it comes to missions and how our church approaches the idea of missions. And so um, this is our last week. If you're just joining us, um, you can go back on our website, check out our podcast or live streams on YouTube and, and kind of check that out. Um, I wanted to take a minute and uh, before we dive in, oh, we're going to be, if you have a Bible with you, uh, get that out, turn to the book of Genesis chapter 3. And uh, we're going to be kind of all over the place in the Bible. So we're going to be flipping to a lot of different sections, nodding the head of the guy who had to put all my slides in. Um, and so we're going to be kind of all over the place. So um, just kind of keep your finger in, keep your Bibles out. Or if you're using a phone or a tablet, feel free to do that too. I know there's not very good service in here, uh, down here, so we'll try to figure that out. But do the best you can. Look over somebody's shoulder. Uh, I think we have the Ark of the Covenant somewhere back there. We can pull the tablets out. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. Um, so anyway, but we're going to follow along in God's word today. We'll also have the, the passages on the screen, but, uh, before we dive in, I wanted to take a moment and celebrate some awesome stuff that God is doing, because I feel like sometimes if we're not careful as a church. It'll just get into this routine of going Sunday to Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. And then you kind of get into that routine too, right? Where it's like, oh, it's Sunday again, go to church, you know, do whatever. And man, we got a lot to celebrate as a church. Um, how about the fact that God provided a brand 
new location for us. Like, man, we praise God for that. And um, man, our, th- this was a huge answer to prayer because we and our would go, but we were averaging every week 25 to 30 children in our kids' ministry. And we were putting them in two small classrooms every single week. And, and sometimes the AC didn't work. And it was just, it just was, man, our, our serve team was doing an amazing job. And, um, and our kids were fantastic. But man, we wanted to have a better environment to be able to disciple our children and share the gospel with them. And so God provided for that and provided for us. Man, we want to praise God for that. Um, uh, so can we just give the Lord some praise for that this morning? And um, we say all the time that we believe church is not the building, church is the people. And so we showed that last week by meeting at Old Mill Park. And uh, we met under a pavilion. Man, how awesome was that last week? Like, we had church at the park. It was fantastic. We had new people there. We were surrounded by the nations in Fredericksburg. Uh, We were able to build relationships and talk to people and meet new people and share the gospel with people. And we baptized four people last week. So come on. No, no, no. Don't play around. Like, that is amazing. Because, listen... We don't just celebrate people getting baptized. Oh, good, let's add them to the number, all right? No, what we're celebrating is not water. We're celebrating somebody's life getting changed. Like, we're celebrating the gospel. We're celebrating that the gospel still works, that God is alive, and God is changing the hearts of people. Like, man, that was an amazing Sunday. So, anyway, I just wanted to, wanted to celebrate that with you guys, and what an amazing day. Um, and the last thing is, I, I just wanted to say thank you to every single one of our serve team members um, who just, man, they just showed up. And even people who, those of you who, we haven't had a Next Steps party yet, in a while, and, and you're, you haven't really joined a serve team yet, but you've started the process of putting up chairs and, and setting up tables and throwing away trash. And man, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you so much because every little thing that happens is propelling the mission of God forward. And this is not about setting up church on Sundays. This is about seeing the mission of God reach the heart of every person, no matter their background or past, like the gospel of Jesus reaching every person in our neighborhoods in Northern Virginia and the nations. And man, you guys show a beautiful picture of that. So I give the Lord praise for you guys. And uh, man, we just praise God. Yeah, awesome. All right, now it's time to get to work. So Genesis chapter 3. Listen, here's what I like to do. Um, what I like to do sometimes, this is what I do pretty much in everything in my life. I'm, I'm kind of a visionary person. Like I tend to see things and then figure out how to make it work. So a lot of people do it the other way, where they just like to start doing things and then look and see what they have. But case in point, I can't put a puzzle together unless I see the full picture, okay? My wife, she's amazing. She just starts putting the corner pieces in, and she starts doing all of this stuff, and in 10 minutes, she's got this beautiful puzzle. I'm still looking for the box that the puzzle came in, you know? Like, I, I need to see, like, where are we going with this? before I can really engage in. But I think we all kind of have a little bit of that in our lives, right? Um, for example, one of my chief motivations, like when I go to the gym, one of my chief motivations is, man, I can't wait to get, like I need, I'm trying to get healthy. Like I want to make sure I'm the best me that I can be for the Lord. And so I want to try to get healthy. So I start thinking about, man, yeah, like I'm going to be able to like, 
lift up my children with one hand, like, you know, and really impress it. Like, I'm going to be able to do all this awesome stuff. And I think about that, and then I go, but first I got to go spend some time with Mr. Treadmill and go do that. So, like, so I think about the end first, and then that gets me to the beginning. Am I making sense to anybody today? One of the only reasons that I will mow the grass is because I can see a picture of how good it looks on the end. Like, I ain't, you know what I'm saying, Wes? Like, I'm not mowing the grass because it's awesome, you know? I'm mowing the grass because I got a picture of what that's going to look like when I'm done. And, uh, and so, guys, like, I think sometimes when it comes to missions, we don't engage with missions because we don't have a vision of what it looks like at the end. And so today, I want to show you from the beginning of time to the end, end of time where missions is in the Bible. And my hope and prayer today is that you will see two things. One, that missions has always been God's plan from the moment he created us. And number two, that missions is accomplishing an end goal that God is involved in. Okay, so I want us to see those two things today. Hey, if you're taking notes with us today, I want to encourage you to take notes today. Um, and you can also let out your response cards that are on your seats, and uh, we'll talk more about that later. But take notes on your phone or tablet, or if you brought notebooks, uh, we'll have this is three. And I want to show you where missions is all throughout the scriptures. Because I don't want you to walk away thinking, oh, impact is trying to sell me on something. Oh, Brandon's talking about missions they must be desperate for BBS help, okay? We're not. <laughs> so, like, that's not the goal of this. I want you to see in God's Word where we get missions, why it's important. So, I don't know if you knew this or not, but missions actually begins in Genesis, not the Great Commission. Did you know that? Let's look together. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. If you're there, say, I'm there. Oh, man, you guys are good. You're like, well, we've been here for 15 minutes. Okay, Genesis 3, 14, it says, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And I want you guys to see, because this is Genesis, you guys know the story, right? Adam and Eve are in the garden, everything's all good. Adam and Eve eat the fruit, the serpent deceives them, uh, they eat the fruit, they sin, they're separated from God, and then God starts handing out curses to everybody. But the curses he starts with is actually with the serpent. He starts with Satan. And this curse even goes further if you keep reading, and basically what he says is, your future is that you are going to nip at his heel, and he is going to crush your head, okay? And that is a prophecy of Jesus Christ. And so I want you guys to see that right here in Genesis 3, from the moment sin entered the world, God had a plan of redemption. You hear that? I want you to know that God's plan of redemption did not come after several thousands of years of trying and failing. God created you with a plan to redeem you. He loves you. And so he said, I'm going to send Jesus, and Satan is going to bruise his heel. Like, Satan's going to come out and try to, like, harm Jesus, i.e. the crucifixion, and then Jesus is going to crush your head, i.e. the resurrection, okay? And so I want you to see right here, you say, Brandon, what's that have to do with missions? Well, that's the good news of missions, 
Like, that's the entire good news. That's the whole reason we have missions. Not to build houses or paint some missionary's house for the 15th time that summer. The reason we have missions is to share good news. That God created you with a redemption plan. That life may seem hard, but there is redemption in the name of Jesus. All right, so then people keep keep messing it up, all right? You got Noah's Ark, you got Tower of Babel, you got Cain and Abel, like you got all this stuff happening. And then turn with me to Genesis chapter 15. All right, keep your Bibles out. We're we're having fun. We're going to work those scrolling fingers out today, flipping fingers. Oh, there not be any flipping fingers. All right, here we go. Genesis (laughs) chapter 15. Appreciate it, Wes. Genesis chapter 15, verse 5. Genesis 15, 5. Now we get to the story of Abraham. This is, this is uh, Abraham, and uh, he's often referred to as Father Abraham uh, because of this passage where he is told he's going to become the father of many nations. So listen to this. God is making a promise to Abraham in Genesis 15. We are 15 chapters into humanity, okay? So listen to what God says in Genesis 15, verse 5. If you're there, say, I'm there. And he brought him outside, talking about Abraham. And God said, look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. And then God said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. So here's what happens. God takes Abraham outside, says, number the stars. Now for us in northern Virginia, numbering the stars is like, I got one maybe planet, a couple of stars. Nope, that's an airplane. And yeah, that's it, okay? But being in the middle of the desert, the beginning of time, it would have been being able to see everything. And uh, and man, you look up at that, and God says, go ahead, start counting, I'll wait. And Abraham's like, God, I can't count them all. And God says, that's how many descendants I'm going to give you. Meaning, I am going to have a people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue. That's how many people I am going to bring salvation to. All right, let's flip over to the book of Exodus. All right, go with me to Exodus chapter 9. There's so much more in Genesis, but we don't have time to get to it today. I want you to see Exodus chapter 9, and I want you to see about Moses. Everybody say Moses. I want you to see about Moses. Exodus chapter 9, verse 16. And Exodus 9, 16 says, if you're there, say I'm there. But for this purpose, I have raised you up to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. Guys, even in the book of Exodus, God wasn't just thinking about rescuing. You guys have seen, some of you have seen the movie, The Prince of Egypt. Like this wasn't just, God's redemption plan wasn't just about saving his people out of Egypt. Even when he was rescuing his people out of Egypt, he was thinking about saving the nations. Like even in Exodus, God wasn't just thinking about his people. He was thinking about all people. Like, this has always been on God's mind. All right, turn with me. Let's keep going uh, to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 4. In Joshua chapter 4, Joshua takes over for Moses. So now we're another generation ahead. In Joshua chapter 4, verse 24. 
Joshua chapter 4, verse 24, if you're there, say, I'm there. It says this, So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Well, who is that? All the people of the earth. Like even in the book of Joshua, God is thinking about the nations, about all people. Well, let's flip over to 2 Chronicles. So good. Get ready, because this may be the only time I ever preach from 2 Chronicles. <laughs> 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 32. 2 Chronicles, some of you are like, where is, where, what, what is that? 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 32. If you're there, say, I'm there. I'm impressed. 2 Chronicles 6.32 says, Likewise, when a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a far country for the sake of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when he comes and prays toward this house, hear from heaven your dwelling place and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you in order that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this house that I have built is called by your name. This is Solomon speaking, and he is praying a prayer of dedication over the temple of God that he just built. Isn't that amazing? That the temple of God wasn't him saying, and Lord, let all the people know that Israel is a great nation. Let all the people know that I am an awesome king. Let all the people know all the cool stuff you're doing in your house. Now he says, bring the foreigners. Bring the foreigners to this house so that they will know and all the nations of the world will know that you are the great God, the one true God. All right, let's flip over to the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 2. Man, there's like a gazillion verses in Psalms, but I'm just going to read one today. Psalm chapter 2, verse 7. Psalm chapter 2, verse 7, says this, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Now this is a prophecy about Jesus. Ask of me, in verse 8, says, ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. He says, man, I'm going to send Jesus, and he's going to come, and I'm going to make the nations his inheritance. When Jesus comes, he ain't going to come just for one person. He is going to come for all peoples of all the earth. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to the prophets, Isaiah. And you guys are doing great. We're almost there. Isaiah chapter 52. In Isaiah chapter 52, verse 10. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 10 says this, The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. It's a prophecy right here. Even the prophets are prophesying, man, the gospel is going to be for all the nations. Flip over to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31. Now another prophet, Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 10. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 10, it says, Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it to the coastlands 
far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd keeps his flock. Man, Jeremiah prophesying, say, man, tell all the nations the good news that God is, is the one true God. All right, we'll flip over. All right, you guys got one more in you? Let's do one. No, you're like, no. All right, Malachi. I don't know why I asked. Malachi chapter 1, verse 11. In Malachi chapter 1, verse 11, this is a beautiful verse. This is Malachi prophesying about, reach, about missions. He says this in Malachi chapter 1, verse 11. It says, For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Guys, do you see that from the very beginning, it was God's plan for the nations to hear the name of Jesus? But guys, when you hear about this, sometimes we think, well, man, we have to go. But what you don't understand is, for back then, we are the nations. We are the coastlands. We are the ends of the earth. And now we are to bring the gospel back full circle to all the nations. So I want you to see, we're gonna, now we're going to read a verse in the, in the New Testament. So I told you guys I like to see the end in mind. Something. Okay? So I want you guys to see missions has been God's idea all along. This is not something we use to try to trick or manipulate people. This has all, reaching the nations has always been God's plan. But I want you to see what Jesus says. Because some of you go, oh, Brandon, that's Old Testament. Okay? I'm under grace now. And yes, praise God. Yes. So listen to the words of our Savior in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. This is what Jesus says. Now, to set this up, Jesus has been talking to his disciples. And his disciples asked the question, that every good disciple of Jesus asks somebody, right? Hey, can we talk about the end times for your talk, right? A conversation is always going to come up at some point, right, where you're talking. Uh, usually when you're in high school or college, it's like midnight, you know, and you're talking, you're like, hey, let's talk about the end times. What do you guys think? So the disciples, I don't know, maybe they're having a midnight conversation with Jesus, and uh, Jesus says, hey, this is a good time for us to chat eschatology. So let me, let me chat a little bit about the end times and what that looks like. So Jesus has given them a rundown. Jesus is like, well, so if you want to read something that's not quite as scary as the book of Revelation, then maybe this is like a good bedtime story for your kids or whatever tonight. But you can read this. But in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, listen to what Jesus says. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. So here's what Jesus is saying. Everybody's like, Jesus, when are you coming back? When is Jesus coming back? I saw something else on the news, this random article that Facebook likes to show me all this stuff. It was like, end of the world, new date, September 29, 2026, or whatever. And I'm like, oh, well, I marked my calendar, you know. I, I don't know if it's true. I just don't want to miss it. And so I'm like sitting there, I'm like, man, this is, this is crazy, right? And so the disciples, Jesus hasn't even left yet, and they're already asking, when you coming back? When, when are we doing this thing? 
And Jesus doesn't give them a a date. Jesus says this. He says, well, you guys are going to fulfill your mission. You are going to proclaim the kingdom of God, the good news of the gospel to the whole earth and reach every nation. And then I will return. That's it. So if you want to know, Jesus has told us when he's coming back. He has told us. He is coming back when the job is done. That's when he's coming back. Jesus is coming back when it is mission accomplished. But I want you guys to see here in that, in that verse, verse 14, it says, as a testimony to all, somebody say that word, nations. Guys, that word nations doesn't mean country. It does not mean geography. Because country lines are being redrawn all the time even today. I mean, in the last two years, we've gone from 194 countries in the world to 196 to 195 and a half to 100. Like they, we go, it changes all the time. The word nations in the Bible does, it means ethnos. It does not mean country. Ethnos, it means different ethnicities. It means all types of people from all over the world. So it doesn't mean you have to go to Australia, you have to go to Asia, you have to go to Africa. What it means is you have to reach every single group of people on the face of the planet, and the gospel must be proclaimed to them. Not you must do good deeds to them, but the gospel must be proclaimed to them, and then the end will come. We do missions so that Jesus can come back and make all things new. If you're like, that is our priority. That is why we do it. So, if you're like me, let me show you the puzzle box this morning. Let me kind of end our time today by showing you what the puzzle looks like as we are in this messy way of trying to figure out how do we fulfill the mission of God in Fredericksburg? How do we start a new church? How do we do all of this? What is God's plan for me? Like, as we ask all of these questions, let's just take those questions and put them down for a second, and let's take a look at the puzzle box. You guys want to see the puzzle box with me this morning? All right, it's not a real puzzle box, but it is the Bible. Revelation chapter 7. Revelation, my favorite book of the Bible. Chapter 7, verse 9. I don't have time to get in. I love preaching through Revelation. I don't have time to get into it all today. So I just want you to innocently see and hear what John is seeing. So John is getting a revelation or a vision of what heaven is going to look like. He's showing us the end game. He's showing us the puzzle box. He's showing us the mission and what it looks like for mission accomplished. Okay, So Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches in their hands. White robes represents being made clean through the blood of Jesus. The palm branches represent victory, that the battle has been won. Verse 10, and they were crying out with a loud voice. Now hang on, before I read this, I want you guys to get the picture in your head. John is looking around and he's found the throne of God. 
like he has found God sitting on his throne. And he says, and, and I saw God, and if you read Revelation 4, you'll get a fuller picture of what he saw when he saw God. But three chapters later, he goes, oh, and by the way, <laughs> when I was looking at the throne, God was the first one he saw. But then he comes back in chapter 7 to say, and then I just saw a multitude of people around the throne. Multitude in the original language means a lot of people. And they're all gathered around the throne. Too many to count. Doesn't that sound like what God told Abraham? Look at the stars. Count them if you can. That's how many people I'm going to save from all the nations. And now John is at the end. He's at the end. He's in heaven. He's looking and he's saying, I saw the stars and I couldn't count them. Indeed, God fulfilled His promise. And there were people from every nation, every tribe. What that means is, yeah, they were different people groups, but even tribes within the people groups. Like, God left no stone unturned. He found everybody. And He went in the whole world, and every nation was there, and every language ever spoken was represented around the throne. What were they saying? Can you imagine what that may have sounded like? Because how did he know when he says all tribes, peoples, and languages? How did he know all the languages were represented? Because they were speaking them. What did it sound like for John to be able to hear the name of Jesus being proclaimed at the end of time from every nation, language, tribe, and tongue. They were saying this in verse 10. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The Lamb is Jesus. And then it says, when, when heaven heard this, when heaven heard all the people from every nation, every language, praising God, saying salvation belongs to our God and to Jesus, like salvation is to our God and to the Lamb. Everybody's worshiping Jesus. They're not worshiping, you know, a deity. They're not worshiping a spirit. They're not worshiping a higher power. They are worshiping the Lamb. They are worshiping Jesus. And listen to what happens. In verse 11, and all the angels were standing around. Could you imagine the angels are just standing around watching this? Because they, they've just been in heaven. They didn't have to be redeemed. Jesus didn't have to die for them. Just for those around the throne, the angels are just sitting there in awe, going, oh my gosh, this is the end game. This is what we've been waiting for. And what is their response? They're standing around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and they fall on their faces before the throne. And they worship God. And they say, Amen. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. That's why we do missions. That's the end game. That's the motive. That's why it matters. And that's why saying things like, I'm not called, is unacceptable for any follower of Jesus who expects to go to heaven.
So I want to share with you these things. I want you to write them down. I don't have time to explain them. I've just got to tell them to you because God said. Number one, so what in the world is missions? You guys have been so patient because for four weeks we've been going through this and I have yet to give you a definition of missions. We have only read the Bible. We have only opened it up and heard what the Bible says and tried to do it. But I know some of you like concrete definitions. And so here's one. Biblical missions is bringing God glory by living on purpose with the gospel in your neighborhood, in northern Virginia, and the nations. I only want you to notice one thing in that definition. It does not say in your neighborhood, northern Virginia, or the nations. It says and. Because the nations, northern Virginia, and the neighborhoods are not an option that we get to thumb through and decide which one we prefer. We have seen that biblical missions, now your missions may be that, but biblical missions is not. It is all of it. It is all of it. Everyone is called. We cannot, we as a church, as a new church, guys, I love you, we cannot entertain the phrase, I am not called. If we, we can, I, I don't know how. I, I for four weeks, we've been opening up the Bible, and I don't see how we can get away ever with continuing to use the phrase, I don't feel called. Everyone is called. We don't need a feeling to be called. You don't need a message in the sky. You don't need a burning bush. You have the living and active word of God, and he has said to go. Missions is not a secret level that you have to unlock. Missions is meant for ordinary followers of Jesus, not rock stars. Not people with master's degrees and cross-cultural understandings. Missions is not meant for people who speak multiple languages or people who just have a heart for it. For every follower of Jesus, the moment he saved you, he called you. And that's what we see in Scripture. You do not have to unlock a secret level. You just have to live on purpose with the gospel in your neighborhood, throughout northern Virginia, that means your workplaces, and the nations. Missions is showing great compassion while at the same time sharing good news. You can't just go share good news because without compassion or you're a jerk. It's just how it goes. You also can't just go show compassion and not share good news because then you're just a humanitarian. A missionary shows great compassion and shares really good news at the same time. And the bottom line is, guys, missions is happening every day in your life. It's just a question of whose mission are you accomplishing. The United States government, Spotsylvania County Public Schools, Stafford County Public Schools, Fredericksburg City Public Schools, um, TikTok's mission, 
um, the American Dreams mission or the Lord Jesus Christ's? I want you to write this down. And the second point, missions begins with worship and it will end with worship. Missions begins with worship and it will end with worship. If missions is still a resistance in your heart, then so is worship. And so I'm not saying go out and be weird and awkward and go tell a bunch of people about Jesus. What I'm saying is start with worship right here today. Get on your knees, get on your face and worship Jesus and say, Jesus, before I tell anyone else about you, you tell me about yourself. I want to know you. I've never seen anyone on fire for Jesus afraid to do missions for Jesus. So instead of doing missions to create a fire, you've already got one. Jesus has already died for your sins. He's already forgiven you. He's already risen from the dead. Jesus is already pleased with you. He already loves you. There's nothing you're going to do to make Jesus happier with you. There's nothing you're going to do to make Jesus upset with you. Jesus is completely pleased with you if you are, if you are in him. So the missions is not to make him happy. Missions is an overflow of your worship because all of a sudden there wasn't a church building in America big enough to contain the overflow of worship that was happening in your heart. The goal of missions is to see people from every nation and language gathered around the throne praising Jesus like we are today. This means that the reward of missions is not more conversions. It's not higher baptism numbers. It's not more numbers or bigger buildings or book deals or big budgets or comfort or programs or viral material on YouTube or TikTok. The reward of missions is more people worshiping Jesus. That is our reward. And it will happen. This isn't something that might happen. This will happen. It's just a matter of, will you be a part? I want to tell you this, Jesus is more worthy than our excuses. Jesus is more worthy than our excuses. Church, I want to tell you the bottom line is, none of us are going to regret giving our life to the mission of God. You are not going to get to heaven and see this picture of every people group in the world huddled around the throne worshiping Jesus and go, man, I should have spent more time concerned about myself. I, I should have, looking at this picture tells me I should have been more concerned with my own safety. Looking at this picture, I should have contributed more into my uh, 401k. No. If anything, you're going to look at it and go, it was worth it. Every heartache, every unknown, every leap of faith, every tear that was shed, every conversation, every lonely night, it was all worth it because of this. Because of more hands lifted high, worshiping Jesus from every nation, language, and tribe. You are not missing out when you say no to the world and yes to the King. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. And worship team, you guys can come up. Write this down. We will not always be on mission. And rest is coming. The book of Revelation shows us we're not always going to be on mission. There's coming a day when we will raise the banner, mission accomplished. And it will happen and we will all enjoy our reward. So rest is coming. 
Some of you say, oh, I don't want to get burned out. If I, I've been in churches before, if I go and serve, they're just going to burn me out. Or I, I don't want to, like, we're scared. But guys, listen to me. This mission will be accomplished. This is not like, this is, and you will get rest for the next gazillion years of your life. You will rest in the presence of Jesus. And you will enjoy the reward of mission accomplished. And you will have played a part in it through God's grace. There's a guy, so I just want to encourage you, man, lay it out. Lay it out. Help plant this church. And not just this church, be a part of planting this church so we can send people out and start another church. And then be a part of that so that then they can send people out and start another church and we can go send people out and start another church again. So that everybody, until everybody in the whole world of every language has heard the good news that Jesus is alive. Spend your life to it. Get tired. Go home exhausted. Feel it. So that when you go home and you rest, you hear the words, well done. You were a good and you were a faithful servant. Now enter into the rest for which I have for you. A John Piper, he's an old guy. He says this. He's like in his 50s or something. He said, I'm just kidding, just kidding. He said this, turning 65 in January has me all fired up to get busy. I'm close enough to the finish line that the face of Jesus is coming into sharper focus. This is very exciting and makes me want to pick up the pace. Of course, God is not impressed with frenzy, nor is he pleased with boomer indolence. What his face says to me is, I am your rest every day, and there is good work to do every day until you're home. So at 65, I am still gagging at the picture of leathery old sunbathers on white shores and green links. For 15 years, I have thrown hundreds of senior mailings in the recycle bag unopened. Not that I'm opposed to saving 79 cents, on lunch at Perkins. Just don't try to sell me heaven before I get there. There's too much hell left to fight. So all your boomers just breaking into Medicare, gird up your loins, pick up your cane, head to the gym, get fit for the last lap. Fix your eyes on the face at the finish line. There will be plenty of time for R&R in the resurrection. For now, there is happy work to be done. Hi, Pastor Brandon here. Thanks again for listening to our Impact Church Sermon Podcast. If God has spoken to you today or you have a prayer request you'd like to share, please email us at hello at impactfxbg.church. If you're local to the Fredericksburg area, we would love to see you for worship in person. But if not, please let us know if we can help you find a gospel-centered church right where you're at. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram and on our website, www.impactfxbg.church. Until next time, keep living the dream.